everyone, and welcome back to the I-5 Corridors Traffic Report. Tyson Alger here with returning guests. Three-time returning. Three-time returning guest, Kevin Palmer. He is Kevin Palmer of the Little Cuties, Kevin Palmer of Convertive, Kevin Palmer of... 20 to 10 handicap.substack.com. Did I, did, I, did I get that right? You got that right. I should okay. probably buy a domain for it. I might, but, eh. you know. Well, I mean, like, I bought a domain and I'm not, like, printing money quite <laughs> quite yet. But uh, it, that's actually what I wanted to talk about because it's January 6th here today. Yep. N- nothing ever notable has happened on January 6th. Yep. So we figured... Very minor date in history. Yeah, we just kind of figured with uh, the bad weather we've been having recently, the fact that it's middle of January, gray. Like, I wanted to talk about some golf because I have really enjoyed your Substack over the last year just because I, I think uh, I think it's one it's it's something that I like I like golfing a lot but also I, I just I like the progress of uh, someone who is trying to improve themselves and riding their way through it um, so before before we kind of jump into talking about that more just like give, give me the brief rundown of, of why you started your own Substack. Or, well, or blog. We don't need, need to use. We don't need to sure, use Substack sure, as sure. a noun don't, here. Yeah, is, is it uh, no free promotion? Right. Ex- exactly. Well, well, first of all, thank you for storming my house on January sixth to uh, <laughs> yeah. to do this interview. Yeah, um, the thing is, is like the door was unlocked, and well, I just I just walked in, and uh, it seemed like it was fine. Well, I, I appreciate you dressed with the facial paint and the uh, spear and it, the Viking helmet. Yeah, I was about to say, can I put my helmet down? Yeah, okay. yeah. They're, they're, we've got that on the coat rack for you. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it was more about accountability, right? Like, I know that I'm bad at golf, right? And um, yeah. I, I Sources confirm. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's very journalistic of you. Um <laughs> It's something where it was like, well, I want to improve, and it's like you need to take a step back and account for like how are you going to do it, what are the reasons, how you're going to do it, and like I started the blog to help hold myself accountable. So it's like a, I can track progress, and b, I think there's a lot of people out there like most golfers don't shoot under a hundred, right. right? That, that's that's statistically accurate, and you know a lot of people want to improve and there's a wealth of like information out there but it's also like sorting through that right and i think people learn differently i think people um can change differently and people absorb information differently and uh, i wanted to like go through that process of like what works for me maybe some people can learn from it um and you know improve themselves um so yeah that, that's you know why i started it and uh, why I keep it going well and, and part of that too is like so much material like golf tips and that sort of thing is it's it's not preachy but it's very much like it's a professional being like hey do this like i i i kind of enjoy somebody who is writing about like duffing it the same way that (laughs) and and, and trying to trying to improve that well yeah it's something too that like so i actually wrote a post on this early on is that like we're inundated with golf information like right you can go you can get a golf magazine you can watch youtube videos there's instagram accounts there's twitter accounts and um, I learned that, like, watching those videos, I don't get better. Like, I can't apply stuff from a video um, to my swing because mentally when I look, I think I'm doing something right and, and I'm not. And having, like, an instructor there and, like, physically adjusting me and giving me a mini drill to get that feel led to a lot more improvement than watching videos. But, like, uh, our teammate Ryan Holmes went from an 18 to a 3 in two years Without t- just, I, I hate Ryan Holmes. It's so it's so not fair. Um, 
great athlete, but he's like one of those people that he'll watch a video, he'll go try what's in the video on the range and quickly adapt to see if it works or not. I can't learn that way. Like yeah. it, it just doesn't sink in for me. Um, so it was something where like going through that process of like what will work for me, how, how can I learn and how can I improve my swing and also cutting down on those information outlets. Like it's like I, I get golf digest, but I'm not reading the instruction section anymore because I don't need that in my brain. Um, you know, YouTube videos I avoid. And I, I do follow a couple Instagram places that do tips, but I very rarely like try to take them and apply them. How much? Uh, how much of that stuff is consistent with each other? Like, like all all these tips that are out there. Like, how, how much of them contradict each other? Like, you uh, know, from p- p- different people's perspectives and experiences. Totally. So, like, this is something I talked to my instructor about when I, when I started taking lessons, and it's like he's like, I'm like, oh, I slice the ball. And he's like, okay, well, why do you think? like? It was one of the first thing I talked to him about though. Too was like, are you here for a couple quick things, or do you want to like overhaul your swing? Like, what it what is it? And I'm like, well, I want to learn why I should do things or why, like what makes up my swing and what impacts it. And like, cause I don't understand my swing at all. Right. Like it's like, so I was like, he's like, you slice the ball. And it's like, why do you think you slice the ball? And I'm like, well, I've read these articles that say it's cause <laughs> I, I, you know, don't do these three things. And I, I can feel that I don't do these three things. He's like, because when I look at your swings, there's like eight things that you do that all contribute to a slice. He's like, so yeah, you, this one article might say, you know, close your stance more, or do, you know, drop your foot behind and try to do a draw swing or different things like that to combat a slice. He's like, but you're also, your club face isn't closed when you set up. And like, when I looked down at my club face, I was like, oh, it's no, that's very closed. He's like, no, it's, it's <laughs> wide open and right. you're pushing everything to the right because of it. Um, and like a, a few other things, like you're not getting your hips through and all these different things. So it's like, you're getting instruction. You're like trying to figure out what you're doing wrong and it's giving you tips that might fix three of those things, but A, it might not be in concert with your swing and B, you might be missing a whole bunch of other things. So all you're doing is creating additional bad habits on your already bad, bad habits, thinking you're correcting it and you're just messing up things more. So, um, and they have the awareness of my, I think people like lower handicap people that have awareness of their body and their swings can go watch those and be like, Oh yeah. It's like a tweak that I can go play with and make, but like, you know, being a guy that when I started this out, I was like a, a plus 20, you know, like, uh, I was at 18 and then I went up a plus a 20. Are, 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 are you just like getting back into the golf or had you never golfed? I had golf. Cause like, like there's, there's, you know, especially like a lot of people who played hockey or sports growing up. It's just like, Oh yeah. I used to go play with my friends when I was like in high school or something. Yeah. Like that. I've always like played like occasionally and like for a while I was playing quite a bit, like in my twenties. Um, but like, I wasn't getting any better really. Like right. it was just like, oh, you know, we're going to go drink and be outside. Yeah. And, um, is, is this one of those courses I can pee on? Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then as I got old, like specifically when the <laughs> pandemic hit, I, I got way more into golf cause yeah. like we couldn't play hockey. Like I need to get outside. I need to do something. So I golfed more probably in the last three years than if you added up my entire life, um, combined so yeah there's been a dedication to it so 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 the the original theme of of your your blog was you wanted to improve from a 20 to a 10 handicap last year yeah 2022 um you know the thing that i love about the i5 corridor is uh we believe in progress and, and we don't we don't believe that you know things have to be polarizing you know things can keep keep going so just because you failed 
<laughs> Doesn't mean like it wasn't. A, so so what's what's your handicap right now? It's it's a sixteen two. Okay. Um, it, it, I finished last year. I think I have a nineteen, and then when I started taking lessons, it went up to a twenty two. So it went from a, a high of twenty two last year down to a sixteen two, um, and I was playing really well at the end of posting season. Uh, I think my goal was a little aggressive, considering I overhauled my swing completely. So yeah. it went from like rebuilding everything from the ground up to like you know legs to to like every section of my body how i approached got changed last year and um trying to do that and post good scores do not go hand in hand uh, at all so um i thought my you know looking back that that goal to do in a year was probably a tad aggressive um mm-hmm. but yeah i'm moving in the right but but sure. it, but it, like it gives longevity to like the name of the, 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 exactly. the thing though like exactly. it's, it's you're not done yet uh, on the flip side of that too is it extends this writing project out <laughs> another year so what uh what's the most frustrating thing about your game um it's something i touch on a lot in the last few months is chipping um like the overhaul of my swing, I'm driving the ball better than I ever had. And the reason why my score has gone down is because I'm not shoving balls out of bounds on occasion. I am driving, um, you know, pretty straight to like with a small fade and putting it out there pretty far, like, you know, 260 plus consistently, mm-hmm. um, which I've never had that in my life. Like, it, you know, I could rip it when I tried, but like Yards? nine times. Yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Um, you know, I could even, I've, I've put a couple like 290, 300 when I like really tried uh, to rip it. But um, I, it's still chipping is what it impacts me. I get uh, under 100 yards into the green. Um, if it's not like a full like wedge into the green, it's a, it's can lead to like, strokes. Chipping seems like it should be the easiest thing to improve at because I mean if you have a backyard or a garage like that's that's like one of the few things that you can actually kind sure. of hack away at but like I'm I'm the exact same way like I I I in my golf game like I'm very confident from like 100 yards out I'm very confident with the driver depending on like where the moon is you, uh, you shouldn't be but yeah no i know well, yeah, I mean, like, there, there's a lot of things that i think i could have done that i've tried that i probably shouldn't have yeah. like a podcast um much. but like i i get the yips a lot like close to the green um and so much of it to me is just like the mental and like i you know i probably don't have the all the correct clubs for this but like i can't get past like the mental of like I'm 10 feet away from the green and I still take a full swing here to like, you know, not yeah, a full swing, sure, but sure. like swing through the ball. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I've never, and what's funny is like, you know, I grew up playing hockey and tennis and uh, baseball. And like, if I look at like any of like my swing or, you know, what would be considered a swing for that? Like I don't follow through fully, like in hardly any of them, yeah. like, especially in baseball. Like I used to kind of, uh, kind of like cut it off like three quarters of the yeah. way. And it's just, it's just, it's just sports are like one of those weird things that like you just can't like get over like one one tiny little thing to that would probably like dramatically improve your game. That, that was the biggest thing that improved my driver is that like I would swing and like as soon as I made contact, I'd be trying to like slow down my swing instead of like swinging through my body. And um, it took forever to, for me to break that habit, like it, committing to the shot and swinging through it. Um, it took forever for it to click in my brain. And then um, once it did, um, I think that's like when I saw my biggest drop, it's like I, my iron, like everything went straighter because 
by swinging through your, your bringing the club place through properly when you're trying to like halt yourself on impact you're not bringing the club place through properly and that's you know club face controls the biggest thing i learned this year and like how to how to have that so yeah swinging through but on the green like still like what you're saying though is the chipping i that's where i do get the yips or i shove it right because i'm stopping my swing because i can't mentally wrap my head around that still and i used to chop down on the ball a lot when chipping and yeah. try to pop it up and i was like accurate with that or like halfway decent with that but that's like not the right way to do it and i've got like there's calls for that when you can hit that shot but like nine times out of ten you shouldn't be hitting that shot and it's like relearning to not do that right um i think i stand up a lot too uh, when I when I chip, like I try to get down in an athletic stance, and I ch- like stand up, and I like end up topping it a lot. So like I've had lessons around that, but like this year it was like dedicating time was like getting the full swing figured out. Um, and chipping is like this winter and spring is like going to be like my main focus. How did uh, how did your tournament season go this year? Uh, and, and, I, and actually, like, uh, explain what the the kind of the, the I mean, not the tournament, but like the league that you play in. So yeah, I play I play in a league, uh, travel league that's uh, it's called Tailgate State, um, which you can find. It's like if you Google Tailgate State Golf, the, um, the little cuties host a really great tournament on. The yes, schedule. it's yeah. it's one of those. Yeah, we we had a two man. We do a, host a two man shambles part of that. Um, it wasn't great compared to other years. I did lose. You lost your partner, didn't you? Yeah, to a job at Augusta. Like, you know, geez, I mean. So so I'm assuming he was better than you. Yes. He's, <laughs> yeah, he was like a nine, uh, seven and a nine handicap, but we like ham and egged really well. So there was, uh, I, I played in that league. I played in some OGA events with Ryan Holmes, uh, the 18 to three, where uh, we, we do not ham and egg well. Um, we, we had to like... Uh, figure our games out a little bit a lot of arguing and debating about shot selection and, and choices um see i think i think that's the problem is you guys know each other too well and, yeah and and there's probably some carryover from hockey too because <laughs> i mean i mean like we're Ryan, great defensive well, well, ryan holmes is a great hockey player and i you know he probably brings a little bit of that uh pompousness and self-righteousness to the golf course and assuming that like he knows better but granted he god ryan holmes is a great golfer yeah Looks great in those shorts, oh too. Oh, my God, right? A very, very handsome man. Yeah. Uh, where were we? Uh, Reinholm's ass. Oh, uh, right. No, uh, no, no. <laughs> uh, what, was, what was a favorite uh, on the tailgate tour where you guys go around the state and some other kind of regional stuff? What, what, what was your favorite favorite course you played this year? We played Gearheart in the finals, okay. um, although it was really foggy and um you couldn't see people on the green on par threes both mornings until about the 14th or 15th hole yeah, that's so. cool <laughs> you almost killed a couple people yeah. it, was, it was fine yeah, um, for people who don't hit it straight yeah it's it's a fun and your heart is not an open it's 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 a pretty uh you're pretty much on top of each other there's like three rolls of rows of holes like, right you know side by side by side so um it could be a little bit uh, challenging uh, at times, but Gear Gearheart's just a fun. It's, it, the par fours are pretty short. Like there's drivable holes. Um, it, it's fairly yes, you're on top of other people, but it's fairly open. Uh, you can make a lot of shots. It's it's just a fun course to play. You just you just came back from Bandon, didn't you? I did. I did. How, how many times have you played Bandon now? I've been to Bandon four times. Yeah. And does it does it get any? I, I haven't I haven't actually golfed there, but like I've I've been there to cover some things. Sure. Uh, 
I don't know if that looks fun to me. Um, I've so last March I went down uh, through North Northwest Golf Guys. Um, they did a weekend trip, and I um, got invited by Scott with Geyser. Um, I'm just not dropping names that nobody's going to know. But that's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, this this is this is the wrong podcast to be name dropping our yeah, friends yeah. on. But I went down with him, and we played Pacific Dunes, and it was. 55 to 60 mile per hour wind gusts. Oh, I saw videos from that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it was, uh, you couldn't place your ball on the um, green without indenting it in because it would blow away. Um, so I have had like some really rough trips to Bandon where the weather, like Pacific, I've never shot probably, definitely not under 100, but maybe never 100, under 110 because I've just played in miserable conditions every time I played it. And this last time I actually shot in the 80s there, so I felt like I got revenge in the oh, conditions. Oh, shit, that's, that's actually, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah, I was I was pretty pumped about that. Like, the conditions even weren't, there were still, like, 20 to 30 mile per hour range, but it's like I played there enough where I, like, knew, like, oh, this is, like, a 304 club wind and, like, made some good decisions for once in my life. Um, but, yeah, band, I mean, it's just magical down there. It's, and especially for Oregon residents, it's only 100 bucks around, like, during the winter, like off season. Right. So, um, yeah, it's like take it, we took advantage of pretty cheap rates and pretty cheap time to stay down there. We didn't stay on property, but like it was a really relatively, um, cost effective trip and got to play. The, uh, the, the first time I went down there, it was, I, I think I was still a intern at the Oregonian and it was Joey Harrington hosts. Like, it's like the Joey Harrington quarterbacks challenge. Like, it's a good uh, place sort, to put. Good uh, place to do it. Yeah, yeah. And it, or it wasn't quarter all quarterbacks, but it was like Joey Harrington was down there. Uh, I think um, Dan like, Fouts. Did Dan, Dan Fouts go? He's. he's I right. think I think Fouts was there. Like uh, Marcus Tuiasosopo was there. You know, it was just like a whole bunch there. of like kind of like Pac-12 guys, and it was it was like it was a pretty fun thing. But I, I think I was probably like twenty at the time and making like thirteen dollars an hour, and like that just seemed like. Was was Tiapia Sopo's niece there that was dating Manny Teo or <laughs> No, no, couldn't, couldn't see her. Okay, um, okay. Yeah, so I, I, I would I would like to I would like to actually golf that. Um actually as you were talking, one thing that I just got reminded about is like you're pretty popular on the as a as a local golfer quote uh, this year, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've, I've, appear, I've appeared in some uh, uh, some publications this year. Okay, I, I, I don't want you to lose your membership, but, <laughs> but uh, the uh, the live golf thing this summer uh, when they hosted at Pumpkin Ridge, which is where you remember, yeah, and you you became the most available member to comment. <laughs> I, I well, because you were in the AP story, and then yeah. I think. Uh, what was that experience like? Of, of of a like being like the the de facto like I'm going to give like a like all of a sudden your name's in the news for just like kind of giving a quote, but then also like now that some time has passed, like what what do you think about the way the kind of the club handled that and like have you you know they promised a lot of things of like improvements and this or that like and they're not coming back as, as that as that yeah um yeah so I mean it, it was interesting because like. Basically, what I said was that I wasn't super pumped. I've only been a member for like a year at that point, and like wasn't super pumped that Liv was coming through um, from political reasons, for like golf course reasons. And since I'd only been there a year, it's like a we don't have a say in it because it's a corporate owned club, and b like I can't get my money back. I'm not, it's not like guys that have been there for twenty five years that their initial investment is like pennies now at this point like it's right. like you know their cost per round is you know they've made their money back and then some like 
I don't have like you know a ten thousand dollars like sitting around to like join another club. <laughs> I don't. I, the only reason I joined is like you know I was uh, I sold my house after a divorce and I had some money to play with and like work was paying for my monthly fees. So I was like I'm gonna like treat myself. So um, yeah. So I didn't want to you know I kind of opened my mouth and um, I, I don't know a ton of people around the club. Like I play mostly with like, my friends, like the hockey guys. Right. Um, and when I, I did, I was a little bit of a hypocrite and I did go Thursday to watch it, um, just cause I had to see the shit show. Um, and the people that did know me introduced me as the guy that gave the quote. Oh, no. So, um, <laughs> like, oh, like, so a handful of people there know me as a guy that like spoke to Willamette week to the AP and like, it ended up getting republished like on ESPN. I had like family members from the like, East Coast like messaging me, being like, "Oh, I, I, is you're, are you the Kevin Palmer that was mentioned in that?" I'm like, "Yeah, that's me." Um, I think the experience was uh, hosting it. Um, they did a lot of work. They up they increased their membership fees because they said that, or their the a the the, the join fee and the monthly fee, saying that Live Golf would bring this all this notoriety, which it didn't. Um, and um, they're not hosting the event again. They did a lot of stuff around the clubhouse. Now, have, have they actually like came forward and said like we're not doing this again, or is it just like it, it's not on the calendar for next it's year? It's not on the calendar. Yeah. Liv hasn't announced it. And the the way I understand it, and I could be wrong, from what I understand is the deal wasn't with Pumpkin specifically. It was with Escalante Golf, mm-hmm. which they owned the the place right. at the Boston event and this. So they'll be at Escalante courses, but it's not necessarily going to be Portland. They might not be. It might be. It was a three-year deal from what I understand. And maybe they come back in two years. But, um, you know, from them hosting it too, like they wouldn't allow carts for a lot until after the tournament. There's constant construction. They shut down like the best two weeks of the year weather-wise. Like, there wasn't a lot of upside about hosting it. And then you have, like, the political downside of it. It was, like, if it would have been, like, something cool, like, it might have been right. better. But, like, yeah. And, like, the day that I went Thursday and there was, like, nobody there. Like, I actually had a conversation with Bryson because, like, there's, like... Well, so, like, know, like, that, like that, that's that's what's fascinating about it is take away, like, the political component of sure. it. And sure. it's... It, it's not a better product than competition wise than the PGA, but like they legit like them going and grabbing all those stars and yeah. like having like the average level of player on that tour being a relatively high sure. for, and you know, like there's a lot of major winners on there. Like it's, you know, it, it's one of those things where if, if they continue it, like, you know, like because like I, I wrote I wrote a column like before it just being like oh like not I, I don't think I like the headline was like this is blood money but it was yeah, kind of like you know like along sure. along those lines but it's like you know I, I legitimately think like the PGA is relatively vulnerable um, yeah. and especially if if you know they have uh, uh, empty empty check I mean uh, blank checks on on yeah. the live side so it's it's one of those things where like you can't like fully ignore it. Like yeah. even, even if you want to like, like me get on the soapbox and be like, you know, shake your finger at all of it. It's, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, they still don't have a TV deal. Like, um, the team format's interesting. It's fun. Getting Cam Smith was like massive. 
Um, would you would you watch Live on TV if they had a TV deal? So because I think that's the thing is like I actually think the in person draw is probably a bigger component right yeah. now. I mean, obviously right now because they don't have a TV deal. But like I don't want to watch something that doesn't matter on TV. But if I can see one of the best golfers in the world like down the street, like that's compelling to me. I mean, it was cool. Like the only, I watched. I went that Thursday, and then I had it on in the background when I worked on Friday, and then I was gonna try to go Saturday, and there was actually. It was backed up and like you couldn't get in there. Like I was like, I don't care enough to like deal with traffic and go. So I went home and like I was actually was going with a couple friends and we ended up watching it in a bar in Beaverton. Uh, they they could stream it. Um, the only reason I watched it because it was like it was a course I played. So right, it was yeah, like yeah. I was like interested in that. Like beyond that, I didn't watch any other other. They, they don't like hit that. that first bunker that I usually do. They, <laughs> yeah, right. they hit the fourth bunker. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Well, I got to play the pro layout too. Like oh, a few cool. days after, so. It, it was it, it was cool like in that sense like just to see it but yeah like I don't think they don't have it's hard because like yeah they signed some stars but like we signed most of the assholes except for like Cam Smith so it's like I don't really care to like watch Brooks and, and Reed and you know you know uh, Bryson. Bryson like what, was that the tournament where Bryson took the uh, the thing to the forehead no that oh, was Chicago God, I think that was um, freaking great but I did I talked to him I was like oh, how's your wrist and he was actually really like talkative and like nice about it and like had a conversation for a couple of minutes because he was like waiting to tee off so it's like yeah he's a douchebag but um, yeah, I mean at that moment he was like a normal human being but uh-huh. like you know um, but yeah, it's like I don't know what they're gonna. Like, it sucks that they've split the world of golf. I don't know if it's gonna have enough juice over the long haul because at some point like, people are gonna stop jumping, and the PGA dumped a ton of money into their elevated events this year. And we'll see what happens, but I just yeah, yeah. It's I'm kind of glad it's gone. Like hopefully we have a full season at Pumpkin and like less distractions. I mean, the one thing that does suck for Pumpkin is like they've shot themselves in the foot now. Like they're not gonna host. Any USG, any events like corn fairy events or anything else because we, which know, is crazy because like like their big claim to fame before was like they you know it was like the Tiger US yeah. Amateur yeah. you know you walk into the the um, clubhouse there and they oh, have the Tiger huge you know they have the huge mural of, of Tiger in there yeah and yeah like good luck <laughs> yeah and now it's like I mean and, 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 as a member though it's like also like I mean it's all corporate owned we don't have a say in it so it's like whatever like I I'm just happy to have be able to go play on the course and be right. like off the fuck alone to be well, well yeah no and, and, and please continue being a member there because that's like the yeah, only, yeah. only way I can really afford to golf these days so, so there you go. <laughs> it works out for everyone uh, okay so you're 16 and a half now yep. what's, what's 16, two. 16, 16 two. 16 two. sorry you're don't, don't slight me don't slight me tell me a little bit about how you get from there to a 10 and are you going to be continue writing about that this year yeah I'm going to keep writing about it this year I think uh I went through a breakup with my my golf coach, mm-hmm. uh, which is the hardest breakup uh, in my life, are, including are, divorce. Are, are you okay? Uh, no, I actually need to go to therapy for it. He went back. Okay, so to, so after your divorce, you got a golf membership. What do you do after you divorce your golf coach? I I was in limbo. You get, for a, a little you get bit. like a different job. I, I think I have to get a, a convertible, like a full <laughs> midlife crisis. Um, he he actually went back to he's like he's, he's teaching uh, at a school, like a, a teacher teacher, not a golf teacher. That he got a job and. That hurt a lot. So um, I'm going to pick lessons back up um, shortly. I actually sent an email today about it. Uh, it's work on my short game. And then, like, um, a lot of the same goals like last year. Like, I've been doing a lot of stretching. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's 
impacted like my distance a lot. And you've you've lost some weight this year too. Which, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you're, you're you're looking good. Oh uh, yeah, there's a, there's yeah. a ways to go. I, I mean, appreciate it, it, that. It's no it's no Ryan Holmes, but you know. No, I, I'm trying to like have my ass look as good at the golf pants as his, but uh, eh, you know, just don't don't be disappointed. Yeah, yeah. It's, you gotta have realistic goals, yeah. but yeah, I think it's 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 physical fitness. Like I'm doing the uh, Fit for Golf app where um, it's it's. Fitness focused on golf. <laughs> Went for a walk today. Well, exactly. I uh, know a lot of strength training. Um, four, uh, four hot dogs, two beers. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, you know, got to get that liver back yeah. up. Uh, I, I'm doing speed sticks too to, to do speed training to just increase my general swing speed, okay. um, which should generate distance um, because that is a huge. Uh, you know, a huge component of the game now. So there, there's things that I'm doing in the off season that I've like layered in. So I've already, I walk a lot um, to increase endurance. Cause that was something I did see last year is like, I'd have a, a run and like, I might be a slow starter or if I warmed up properly enough, like that was the other thing I learned. I was like, I need to warm up properly in order to start well, like just showing up for the course and go out and play. Yeah. I play you, well. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I'm still at the point in my golf game where, I, I think I'm because like I've never had a lesson, and I sure. may, and I maybe shoot anywhere between like eighty five to a hundred. Yeah, yeah. You, there's like, a big variance. Yeah, big yeah. Variance. Like, like, it, like I've but, seen you play very well. I've seen yeah, very like, well. like there's there's like some like natural athleticism in there, or like you know, like kind of just had had played sports. Yeah, type exactly, of thing before, exactly. but I, I I just feel like a lesson might help, or or it, it's. Mind blowing when yeah. you like, uh, have but lesson. oh, but what I was actually going to be say though is like yeah, like you get around to boy, I went all the way around here to say I'm still the guy who like shows up, and if I go on the range before hitting, I'll probably have a worse round right now just because like I'm yeah. the, like I'll start thinking I I don't know what to do like so I think it's kind of like the process well, is it, probably oh, yeah it's, I mean that's what we, one of the lessons I learned last year though too is like oh. Your warm up is not practice time. Practice time is separate from before you go to play golf, and uh, that's just to, your warm up time. You should have a routine. Like that's like one. Of, it's like routine. It's routine of your warm up. It's your pre shot routine. There's a lot of things that you can do to stabilize and minimize um, variance. I uh, I love that you said warm up is not practice time because that's that's something my dad used to always say. Uh, he he was a former professional squash player and. You know, like you, two guys get into the court and you have like five minutes of warm-ups before the match starts. And uh, it drives him crazy when you see like one guy like hit the ball to himself like 15 times in a row. Like practice. And he's just like, no, like this isn't your practice time. This yeah. is warm-up time. And I, I, and I and I think that that changes some of kind of like the mental focus for it, or, yeah. for it too. But it, it, yeah, you get more focused in on what you're about to do. And it's like it's setting a purpose. And that's like same with practice. Like when you have purpose to everything that you do and you understand what that purpose is, I think that helps your golf game a lot. Like, like I used to just go and bash balls, like, and like hit, you know, balls for an hour and that's pointless. Yeah. Like practicing without a purpose and like without what your feel is or what you're trying to do um, is aimless. And just like, you know, having a purpose of your warm up, having a purpose, your pre-shot routine, all those things make a difference. And like, I never cared about that before. And like, now I can see a difference that it makes because it, like I said, it, it, it gets variance isn't there anymore. It's it, now it's just like the consistency of the shot or like the choices that I make uh, versus like, Oh, I didn't aim or I didn't aim because I didn't do my routine or I didn't warm up properly. And so I'm not loose. And like, 
I'm not committing to the shots because I'm not swinging all the way through the ball. It's like all these things like stack on top of each other a lot. So like a lot of that was learning that last year. I've applied that. And this year it's like, all right, you know, I'm very big on stats and in tracking things. And I have a post coming up about tracking strokes gained and like getting really into the data of golf um, and like if I should do it or not. But like I can, you know, from my Garmin app, I know right now the thing that's hurting me the most is my short game specifically chipping. I'm a good putter. So it's like, that's this winter. It's like um, physical fitness, all that stuff is layered into this, but like it's continuing to work on chipping and refining that. The, uh, the, the blog component to this, I, I think probably this day and age, if something like there'd probably be, you know, there's probably a lot more golf podcasts sure. than Substack or like YouTube video or Instagram, whatever. Like why, why writing for you? So I used to, long, long, long time ago, I used to be one of the most read bloggers on MySpace. Um, I'd have 4 million views a year. I, I, I had, like, a blog post would get tens of thousands of views. And how, be, uh, how? I, I think I've heard this, like, auxiliary from people, sure, sure, but, like, sure. I don't know if I've actually heard. Um, I, I was writing humor, and there'd be, like, um, half a million posts posts on MySpace a day and I'd be in the top 10 and they had like a blog rankings and so a lot of people like discovered it. So it'd be like, there'd be like 300 comments under my post and like there'd be conversation and all that stuff. And I got away from that. Is like, this archived anywhere or is it just no, gone? Well, it, like all does, stuff does on Justin, MySpace does is Justin, gone. Does, does Justin Timberlake still on MySpace now? I, I, who knows? At this point, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I'm not even sure. Uh, and then I ended up leaving there to like start my own site and that's how I learned how to like code and everything else and that's how it got me into the company that I work for I, I created now and got me into digital media um I miss I got to a point where I was like I miss writing but I don't want to write I wrote humor and I'm like I don't have that muscle in my brain anymore where it was like every day I was like churning out not they're all gold you can't you know yeah. shit gold every day but like I was writing a humorous post but I miss writing and I wanted to write something for myself that, like, yeah, I want other people to read it, but, like, it was like, hey, how can I approach what I'm doing um, in, in keeping track of it? Um, didn't want to do a podcast. I do have an Instagram profile, um, which is just 20 to 10 handicap. Um, so it was like, I, I wanted to document my rounds on there and where I'm playing, but I wanted to document the process here. Because also, I think, too, makes you step back and analyze it. Like, it's like, it's easy to be like, I want to improve. I'm just going to do these things. But it's also like, it made me step back and think about, um, what I'm doing. Like, um, one thing that I have a problem with is like my mental approach is like negative self-talk and Mm -hmm. like I mess up, like I'll play, let's say the first three holes, I'll go out and be even par. And then I have a really bad fourth hole. Well, my fourth, fifth, sixth and seventh hole, it compounds into like three bad holes in a row because, I'm waiting for a perfect shot to like take me out of those all those bad shots. Um, and you know, one thing that I experimented with was like using a rubber band on my wrist, and anytime I'm having negative self talk, yeah, snap it and like hey, instead of negative self talk, it's like self mask. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just you know, self flagellation. Yeah. So, 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 my, so my question for you is, why don't you carry that same attitude into hockey? Because, <laughs> because, because. So many times you'll come off after a shift and you're just like, God damn it, you know, like, like you're, you're, you're very, like, I've, I've noticed that about you in hockey is, is there's, you do a lot of negative talk. I apologize yeah. a lot uh, <laughs> coming to the bench because I fuck up. Wait, wait, which, 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 by the way, like I can completely relate to that too, because like when, <laughs> when I was, when I was younger, uh, I played, I played on, like on a team that was 
I should probably shouldn't have been on and like everyone was better than me. And it's sure. just like, anytime you get the puck, it was like, I need to get it to somebody better or I need, and it's just, uh, and like, I, you know, I naturally have like self-confidence issues anyway. So it was always kind of like, you know, kind of like always that, like, I'm sorry. Or like, God, why'd you do this? And like, you can definitely like see it spiral. Like it's, sure. you know, and probably especially in golf where it's like a slow train wreck. So before the pandemic, I was playing hockey quite a bit. I wasn't great, but I had like, I was like, I can like hold, I, I wouldn't be, I was a total disaster. And I think I've regressed so much over the last few years from A, not playing as much as I did to not being in shape that like it's weighed on me mentally. The the, the not being in shape component, uh, this is me talking about myself here. Like it, it makes a huge difference just from like even like balance on yeah. the ice. Like I notice if I'm, cause like I hover between like, 225 to like 240 depending on like what month it is and if i'm on the higher end of that like i fall a lot more on the ice and i've been skating my entire life but it's just like like the legs feel heavy or like it's just like your coordination is like a little like it's such like a bigger component than just like the i'm tired sure sort of thing i I think having all that like in my head like the negative self-talk comes in because like i don't feel like i'm gonna get better at this point like i feel like i've regressed Unless I start playing more or going to like stick and puck, I'm not going to get better. With with golf, it's like I feel like there's hope there. With hockey, I don't know that there's hope anymore. Right. And so I think it weighs on me a little bit more where I'm just like, oh, I just want to snap out of it and I can't. And I think getting in better shape through what I'm doing now will, will, will be a little bit better. And also playing a couple other leagues to like – Places where I can dominate the puck a little bit more. Yeah. Or like well, that I mean, like, like that, that, that makes such a big difference too. Is like I, I think if you play in like a lower league where like you actually are the one that like carries the puck or like yeah. does this, so like it, it's just, it kind of builds muscle memory. It's yeah. just I just hate when you go and play like up at a higher level and it just seems like like that's all. That's the biggest difference is it's just faster. People are yeah. making decisions faster. It's yeah. not that everyone's like that much better than you talented I'm well but the speed is definitely the, the biggest thing yeah the, the decision making I think too like at this point my brain's working faster than my body like I can make those decisions like the other night I like lost the puck in my skates like four times which uh, I just was like just embarrassed I'm just like what am I doing like it's like I knew where I knew where it was like go had to go but it's kind of like the uh the guy looking at the end zone before, you know, thinking about scoring before, you know, making... or, or like, you know, the hits come in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, he's already thinking about his touchdown dance when like, he's got to get by like three more guys. So. Um, what's the latest with the cuties? I, I, I know a couple months ago you had sent out our potential tournament, tournament destinations for this coming year, but, uh, yeah, yeah. We're, we, um, a couple big things. One, our, our league teams getting rebranded as the cuties, so it's it's going to be full cuties all year. All we're, the time. So we're really buying into this dry January then. If uh, the mighty drunks are, are no no more, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it's. Uh, I think we're it's it's going to help the content uh, beast. Um, and then yeah, we're we're planning on a trip. There's a few states and cities that we're looking at: uh, Alaska, um, Arizona. Great. Great place, that first one. I, I know. You're a big proponent of that. I tried to get a San Diego, like the California State I, games. I, I, was, I would be into that, too. Yeah, that was one that I've like looked at, and they they changed um, eligibility and timing on that. Um, so, yeah, we're going to do our, our annual trip. Still talking about hosting another tournament, but... Um, I, 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 think the, I think the last time you came on this podcast was before the Austin tournament, yeah, correct? Yeah. Um, which I didn't go on 
but you guys almost got murdered at breakfast. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That was that was um, great. That was great. Did you did you win your game? That oh yeah, you guys won the whole tournament. We won the whole yeah, tournament. Yeah, yeah. We went to a, a breakfast place. We gave it five stars for the breakfast tacos. But we took away a star for the gunplay. <laughs> so, um, you know. Known as, known as tacos uh, in Austin, uh, great breakfast burritos, great breakfast burritos. Just, it's uh, a little spicy. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. Sorry. Murder is great uh, motivator to get out of it, to, to not linger. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, <laughs> instead of having one of those boozy brunches, yeah. um, it makes you get out of your seats. Yeah, you know, it's, it's you get a lot more done that day. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was great. Well, you know. When uh, they yank your hotel reservations through the tournament, like two weeks before the the hockey tournament, and you just pick a random place that's between downtown and the rink, and not realize that the hotel next to it was a former hotel that they turned into a homeless shelter, you might not be in the greatest state. Well, I mean, it's, it's it's Texas. How big can like how far can everything be from each other? You know, uh, it's just just endless sprawl. Yeah. It's just a, a lot endless endless. endless sprawl. Um, okay, so the last thing I got for you is as somebody who. Founded, co-founded your own company. Yeah. You got any tips for me over here? You know, I'm like a year and a half in, and you've watched me uh, go up and down with this thing. I mean, I mean, I feel like you're doing great. I feel like it's, it's good, moving good. forward. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's, let's uh, keep on consistent content. Mm-hmm. Um, having me on more is probably helpful. Mm-hmm. To well, if to, we if we can really tap into that MySpace audience, yeah. I, it's, yeah, I mean, geez. were you able to monetize that? Well, that's why, I, yeah, I tried to. I tried to get all the top bloggers off of MySpace into this thing, but oh. like the, the attention, like you, getting people out of the ecosystem MySpace to there um, was hard because people didn't want to leave MySpace. If, if, if you would have been 15 years younger and done this, like in this era, do you think you would have written? Do you think you would have Instagram? Do you think you would have TikTok? Like, like how, how would have you. God, I mean, I probably would have had a pod. I think yeah. that the content that I was doing lent itself to a podcast. Um, I don't know. I don't think I, TikTok was too is too short of a format for like what I was doing. Uh, but yeah, I think I would have been one of those struggling comedians with a pod <laughs> that like every you know nine hundred different podcasts fit that format. I mean, so. I mean that's that's just like the the. I mean, you know, back in MySpace, obviously there's millions of people on there now, but like now there's like such a, and I'm part of this too, because I, I am pompous enough to think that like I could start my own thing and people are going to come in. But like, it's just like everyone, like, you know, it's the, the ease of entry is, is so easy now to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, in grad school, I went to grad school for digital media study and they were like, um, my professor always called it digital sharecropping that we're, we're on all these like it was MySpace and Facebook and you know, Instagram. We're on all these platforms where we're creating the content and they're making the money off it for the most part. And I think that's been democratized a little bit, yeah. like specifically like YouTube and some other things. But like, um, yeah, it's it's really tough to gain a footing and like it's fairly stacked against you um, because everything's spread so far apart now. Like it's um, there's definitely various niches and like various ecosystems that it's hard to play in so yeah it's you know it's it's tough too if like like if you're doing it kind of solo too because yeah. because like for for like my thing is like you know my the i5 corridor has like 2500 people on the free email list which like i'm i'm 
stoked about like like that that sort of reach. And you twenty five hundred should be on the paid list. Yeah, you know we're we're coming around. We're yeah. coming around. I, thank you, everyone who has subscribed over the last year and a half. Um, but like, and if you haven't, you should. Yeah, if you, if you haven't, like, come on. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to eat. Uh, oh, you got to pay for league fees too. So I've got. Yeah, I do have a. No, I we, do have a. We, we, uh, we were going to talk about that off air. Oh, okay. Uh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it's just, you know, like right now, like my, my main distributor of the Substack is like my Twitter account, yeah. which over when I first started like on the duck speed and like, I was way more gung ho on building my Twitter audience yeah. because, but like, I think 10 years of being on Twitter has yeah. not been great for the mental health and sure. like all these other things. So I, I don't like to spend a whole lot of time on there, but the alternative the 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 alternative to that is like I need to either like build up like a Facebook or Instagram or TikTok like and and that's the thing too is like something like TikTok is probably the thing that most people are on all the time now but like how like where would like I don't think that's going to drive traffic to yeah, yeah. like that's it's, it's, yeah so is, so is, so like like my my big thing is without necessarily having like the budget to like just like go out and like full on advertise it's like yeah. i know the content's at a, a decent enough level but it's just there's so much noise out there to like differentiate yourself and on, on all the different platforms too yeah it's, it's hard it's like you can i mean there's a couple things you can do right like so like facebook is pay to play for the most part like you're not gonna get if you start a, a page and like try to build that audience you need to you need to invest money in it. That's like the only way it's going to work with Facebook at this point. Um, you know, I think with, you know, the other thing is to do is like you can outsource some of that growth and like have people you can give them target lists or use software to do it. It's, it's dirty, but like it's also reduced the workload on you. Um, Cause yeah, it's like to grow your audience requires effort and, and like time. And it's also like, what's more, Yes, you grow your audience, but also it hurts your current audience because you're not generating content right. or anything you need to do. So yeah, there, there's like solutions out there that you can do, but yeah, it's it's hard because it's like it's like just like being a band, right? Like like 20 years ago, it's like, well, I yeah, we're great in the garage and we're 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 awesome. But it's like how we without promoting ourselves, right? No one's gonna hear us. Like no one's gonna know who we are. So it's like you've got to always balance that content creation with promotion and it's a hard mix to like figure out. Well, and, and, the th and I think I need to just like give myself like a little bit more credit too on like the days where like, uh, I launched like, um, we're selling some shirts now yeah, and like make a little bit of money off of those. But more than anything, it's kind of just brand sure. type sure. of thing. And, you know, that took probably between, like, designing the shirts and getting stuff set up on, like, Shopify and, like, all those, like, you know, that took a solid several days. Yeah. And it's something that I'm learning, too, so it's not, like, it's not easy. Like, it's yeah. kind of mentally draining. And then, like, there, there's just so many things that you got to do before then you get to, like, the thing that you're actually supposed to be doing for the company, which is writing and, and making store. It's just, there's a, a lot. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh... <sighs> Yeah, it's there's just you have only so much time in the day too, right? And you you're a single person, you don't scale. Yeah, and that, that's like always something. Well, uh, to learn. Yeah, during the winter, a little, yeah. bit, a, little <laughs> just, a little bit, just outwards, right? Yeah. Uh, so it, it's one of those things. It's like it's effective use of time, an effective use of 
you still need to be able to experiment though too. It's like I know you experimented with like posting things in Reddit and like various Ducks Facebook groups and things like that. It's like well, the, what are, what are other I always look at it as like tribut- tributaries into a stream, right? Right. Your, your site's the stream. What, what tributaries do you have? And right now you have a handful that, that work for you, but there's probably another half dozen that you could do. But it's also like, A, what's going to be effective? B, when am I going to have that time to do that? So it's it's hard. It's hard. like being a single content producer and kind of growing – your audience um, without like a viral moment. Well, so, so that, I mean like, like, that. like that's, that's the other thing too is like because of where I've worked previously like mm-hmm. I know how to SEO like sure. I know how to clickbait but yeah. like I really don't want to do that and so it, there, yeah. there, there's, a, there's a lot of like trying to balance like what I think is this isn't the right word but like honorable like writing versus like kind of doing like this kind of stuff that um you know, like there, there are legitimately like weeks where I'm like, I need stories to sell this week, but yeah. like it's, you know, it's kind of balancing like what your brand is versus right. like what. I mean, you could you could crap out a uh, top five recruits to like Oregon and then Oregon State, like you can hit those, and people are gonna be like, oh, like I, I want to like you yeah. like just do like listicles and all these other things, and like yeah, you could. Well, I, I mean, like a lot of times that's what I'll do with. Uh, like free posts versus paid posts. Sure, like a lot of times, sure. like free ones are things that I think might appeal to like more of a mass audience sure. to kind of get people to sign up. But I mean, you're, you're like you had the, the piece about the the baseball, right? The, that was that was great. Um, and you know, some of your other long form pieces. Like it was it was a Portland State. It was uh, might have been Portland State. Well, that was earlier in the year, yeah, right? Yeah. And then you had just that like the. Smaller college, I can't remember the name of the oh, college. Oh, Lin- Linfield. Linfield, yeah. yeah, yeah, that piece on Linfield. So it's like I read, so you know, yeah, thank you, appreciate that. Uh, but like those are great pieces. Like yeah. it's, it's, there's stories that aren't being told in other places. So there's like a lot of value, and they're like well written and well yeah. thought out. Well, and I, I, I guess I, I think ultimately my biggest thing that I'm bashing up against is like I know if I just went full time ducks and like covered it, covered the ducks like I used to as like a beat writer. I did that like. I'm pretty sure I could turn that into being like a very successful venture, mm-hmm. but like, you know, part of me leaving the athletic, I know, I know, you know, from what I've told people, a lot of that was just like feeling like, you know, I know the audience here better. And like, I legitimately didn't really like working for like a kind of corporate, like sure, that, that sure. large of a company, but like some of it too, is just like, I've written about Oregon for like 10 years and just, you know, anytime that you're producing content or writing about something like that, like, it's just getting different things thrown in there is really nice. Yeah. yeah, It was just like kind of, it was just kind of organ fatigue. And so it's, it's like, you need to enjoy your job, right? Yeah. And, and, and any organ fans listening to this, like, I think you guys get it, but like, it's, I'm not, this is nothing against Oregon. It's just like when you've done the same thing for like 10 years or, you know, you can eat like, this is a good, like not to segue to, to this, but like, like Buffalo sports talk, right? The Bills were so bad for so long, and the Sabers were bad for so long, and people were like, and the, the people in the Buffalo media market, they'd be like, oh, the writers suck, the sports talk sucks. It's like, well, you've talking about the same two shitty teams for a decade, <laughs> right? Not making the playoffs, like, of course, like what you know, like this person's Austin, just negative all the time. Yeah, it's, like, yeah. it's, like, it's guys kind of beat you down, like yeah. doing that, but it's also like super repetitive. Like, how many times can you talk about the draft or like these same? It's like. Oh, we're awful this year. The trade deadlines come up. Who are they going to dump or, off or, the team? Or like, like uh, it's just got to be so repetitive. The, 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 the thing that would always get me is like uh, basketball season, and like every year, every year the Ducks will have like one road trip where 
I think it's one extra day of it or I, I'm forgetting the exact context, but like every year it's like the exact same question and the exact yeah. same answer. And it's, it's just very, very predictable. Yeah. 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 It, that, that it's like almost groundhog's day, right? Like where you're just like, it's like, Oh, it's another football season. It's like the same thing. So yeah, it's like by branching out, I think it, it can like lend you to a write stories that no one else is covering, like I said, but also it gives you a different perspective on what you're covering, and yeah. like, it lets you breathe and like bring a different attitude and, and vision to it, as opposed to just like, oh, all right, we're on this treadmill uh, thing. So I think it's good. I mean, it's I think it makes as you know as local papers are dying, and like uh, a lot of the way things are covered is getting changed by having that variety also gives people the advantage like yeah people might be subscribing you know for beavers content or ducks content but yeah by bringing these other stories in it's like it's also like a good you know it was a moosh boosh or whatever <laughs> like a little palate cleanser to uh uh well and i just watched the menu the other day yeah, so yeah. I had to, uh well and, and it and it kind of it diversifies you a little bit too because like let's let's say Oregon made the playoff this year, and or actually this is a bad example, but like twenty fourteen when I was at the Oregonian, and that was like right when they had switched more to like very focused on numbers and clicks and sure. those sorts of things. That worked perfectly because that was that was the first year of that that was my first year hired on on that beat, and that was the year that Marcus Mariota won the Heisman Trophy and the Ducks went to the national championship game. So like my numbers were astronomical that year. They weren't as good the next. I mean, the Ducks weren't as good the next year. Then the year after that, they went four and eight, and you wouldn't believe that the page views went down too. And so it's just like, is this is this reflective of like like my quality of writing or like like the like it was like like the athletic was like that too. Like uh, my in twenty twenty, my subs were way down. Go figure. Yeah, and there was a lot of pre- and and there and they put a lot of pressure on you about that. Coincidentally, the Pac-12 was the only like conference that didn't start playing football until like November that yeah, year too. So it's how that works. So, yeah, so it's just like you know if, if you're able to to cover the Beavers and add some other stuff and kind of just add people from different pots like that kind of saves you a little bit. Like if if the Ducks are garbage, yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's fair. That's fair, and I think too it like. It's a well-rounded site at that point, right? It's like you like you said, it's an I five corridor. It's not dot com. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it, it you you can. Like you've been covering some stuff in Washington. You've got like you know you've got stuff all over the place. So it's it's, it's good. We need to. Uh, I gotta I gotta like branch into the Kraken market somehow. Get, uh, yeah. get, get some press passes. And... I think you need. I think you need about twenty press passes to the Winter Classic next year. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I need some photographers, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a full or, or like like okay. Do we actually have to have cameras or no, use like, camera phones? Like <laughs> I, I I feel like that we need to approach the Kraken somehow as the cuties and be like, hey, like let us like shovel the ice in between periods or like just. just... I think we just do a kids like the kids game. Like it was to do <laughs> green versus orange and. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think I think we need to reach out directly to them and see if we can get ice time up there. Um, and, you know, see if we get a a challenge series against uh, you know a Canadian team maybe or a team from Vegas since it is you know uh, I think let's be proactive on it. Yeah. It's, it's before the GYSL or whatever that Greater uh, Seattle League gets involved. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I'm for that. I'm definitely for that. Well. Uh... This this was fun, man, and it's like I for listeners like this might kind of seem like a more random one because usually you're talking about like one. 
like one of the things that I wanted to do when I created this too was to have the ability to kind of like uh, what's the right phrasing? Like celebrate your friends' wins. Sure. But yeah. Sure. Yeah. And it's just like I don't know if it's sixteen two. Well, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But 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 you know what I mean though. Yeah, like, I, 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 like it's just I I I also think like there's a kind of a big um, tendency of we own like in my industry we only highlight the people who are making a lot of money or like the athletes or this that and like that. My whole thing with the corridor is just like I, I just kind of want this. I've always kind of just wanted that just this to be like a little bit of like slice of life in the northwest sure. sort of thing. And um, so I hope people found this interesting. Like yeah. I, I certainly enjoy your blog. And if anybody wants to find it again, it's twenty to ten handicap dot substack dot com. Yeah, people, yeah. people can find you on Twitter. Uh, yeah, I've got Kevin Palmer on Twitter. I do have a. Uh, a a 20 to 10 handicap Twitter account. I don't use it that much, but 20 to 10 handicap on Instagram too. It's kind of over a thousand followers there, you know? Oh, nice, yeah, nice. It's, you know it's, and, uh, yeah, follow our hockey team too. Yeah. Little cuties hockey. Yeah. Here, I, I will talk about what we have coming up on the corridor this week while you pop open. Yeah. I don't, cause like you, you could do a little, little cuties hockey club. Cause there's oh, good. Cause I, I am playing what's coming up next. There, so. there, there is a, there's a cheerleading movie called little, uh, hockey, little cuties that, uh, is a little bit weird and, uh, unsettling <laughs> that, um, we try not to, uh, Comex branding with. So. I mean, like, not that, like, all of our content has been, you know, I, like, I, I saw on your guys' Instagram once there was a guy who, like, ate, like, five hard boiled eggs in, like, three minutes. That, that was, that, was, that might be your greatest athletic achievement ever. But, mm. and then there's the Malort video where you guys all sampling Malort oh, for man. the first time. That actually, that, I think my favorite piece of content that's come out of the cuties thing was the, uh, it was the the 2020 by calendar month, and it was the pictures of everyone trying to molar. Uh, That's yes. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, it's, it's tough. thanks for listening, everybody. Kevin, thank yeah, you. Yeah, thanks um, for having me on. See you guys next week.